guys, and welcome back to Outside the Orange Bubble. I'm Alina, and we have Stephanie here as well. So this week has been pretty great. I mean, it's the calm before the storm. <laughs> Why right? do you sound so like, unsure of yourself? I mean, it's the calm before the storm. We have midterms next yes. week, so it's calm. I'm doing great, but I know I'm not going to be doing so hot. Well, who am I kidding? I'm not doing great. I have Stephanie, Archika, and I have two tests, like most people, on Wednesday. We have a math test and a coast test, and that's not ideal, but here we are. It is not. On, yeah, it's not ideal. Have you studied, Stephanie? Um, let's say I've looked at the material. <laughs> I haven't studied as much as I should, but we have tonight and we have Tuesday. I also have to take the COAST exam at 9 p.m. And for the programming exam, I took it at 9 p.m. also, and I was very tired afterwards. So we'll see how that goes. Oof. This is the one time that it treats West Coast people well. Yes, you can take it about so. time, I would say. But yeah, in more brighter news, clubs have started and that's been fun, right? Yes, um. I wanna learn about Triangle Club because I know you've been talking about that yeah whole process so, yeah it's been exciting um i auditioned and got into the triangle club along with a group of many other amazing people as cast and it's been exciting um the project is pretty cool and i'm excited to uh take part in it i don't think i can divulge much in details but it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be, be something singing? worth looking forward I don't know yet. I don't. I haven't gotten my part yet, so I don't know. Okay. Maybe. That's should exciting. I do a, should I do a salt? No, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Stephanie. not today. <laughs> Stephanie and Archika, on the other hand, got into Output, a yes. sub club of E-Club. We talked about this last time, but we kind of got left on red. I don't know if they just got really busy, but we were supposed to have a first team meeting like a week ago, and they didn't email us, so... We'll see if they're still alive. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, uh, we hope so. Yes. yes. So that's our thing on clubs. Clubs have been getting pretty interesting. Um, how have you been dealing with the stresses of managing club versus academia stuff? Any tips, tricks? Oh boy, I don't know. Because clubs haven't really picked up. We both went to the Engineers Without Borders meetings right. this weekend. So I'm really excited to join that. And... We were also talking before this call how, how helpful it is to just schedule out your day. And I'm not at home right now, but my mom sent me a picture of my merch from Maddie, which is my res college. And I know like that has been a bright side of everyone's past week or so. Right. You wanna, what was your merch? Okay, so I'm Butler. And I know like anybody Butler listening right now, we got this adorable stuffed butler bee and i'm just gonna say like best rest college because i don't think any other rest college got like a stuffed mascot and it is so adorable i take i take him everywhere i go which is kind of creepy and my little sister's really confused because for once i'm the one like really attached to a soft toy but yeah they also gave us personalized sticky notes which is so bougie and i love that what does it say butler? it has the logo and it has like the bee on it Wow. Yeah, and it's like really cool. So yeah, bougie, bougie, bougie. That's where the endowment goes. 
Stuffed <laughs> animals. We love it. Yes. Yep. What did you get as part of Maddie March? I think we got a shirt. We got a mask. I don't know how, how high quality it is. We got a fancy moleskin notebook. I think that's what it's called. Ooh. And we got a water bottle. And I forget. But they really spoiled us. <laughs> yeah. Everyone got good things. I, I hope everyone got good things. I'm not too sure. <laughs> yep. Anyways, that's enough of Res College talk that you want to hear from us. We know you're here for the podcast. This week, we have a really special guest. We all got a chance to kind of get to know her a little bit. And she's also running for class council. So she is amazing and if you haven't guessed who i just keep saying she's amazing because she is but if you haven't guessed who she is yet we have aisha on here this week and yeah uh we hope you guys enjoy this episode hello everyone this week i'm here with aisha who is currently in Boston, I believe. Um, we're just gonna chat. I'm gonna do some rapid fire questions with her and we're all just gonna get to know her better. So I'm super excited. So Aisha, we kind of know each other already. We've never formally like talked or met, but do you wanna explain how we know each other? Yeah, um, so we are both from the Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation. We're both uh, 2020 Coke Scholars, uh, which means that we receive a scholarship from the organization. Um, and so we know each other because Coke really emphasizes networking and getting to know people. Um, and so when I was looking at who from Coke is also going to Princeton, um, I saw your name there and I, and I recognized your name. You're from Seattle, right? Yes, yes. Yes, and I also recognize where you're from. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, no, I think we were supposed to meet back in April, which is the saddest part, because like Coke it's weekend. the saddest weekend. thing. It's the most like magical weekend. I actually met with two Coke scholars last weekend. They both go to Stanford, but they're 2019 scholars. And they were just talking to me about, oh, this was like the best weekend ever. This is how we became friends. Some of my best friends came from this weekend. And like- One day. Yeah, one day, one day we'll get that. But. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, there's a few other Coke scholars at Princeton as well. Um, I think there's like maybe like three or four others. Uh, but when we get to Princeton, we're definitely going to get, what is it called? The Coke slice? Slice of scholars, yes. Slice? A pizza okay. and a Coke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's basically where Coke just pays for us to eat food. Ironically, I don't drink Coke, so. Me either. I haven't had soda in years. I've never had soda in my life. Like, I watched what? a video of someone cleaning a toilet. A toilet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad showed me that video. I've been scarred. I was so scarred. It was before I'd ever like had Coke and I was like, okay, yeah, this is just sealing it. I'm not having it at so all. Funny. But so yeah. Funny. Um, to start off, do you want to tell us what you're doing in Boston right now? Because you're not from Boston, right? You can also tell us where you're from as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me and for having this platform uh, to get to know Princeton students better. I am very in love with the idea. Um, and so, yeah, I am in Boston right now, um, but Miami is home. So I'm from Miami, Florida, originally born and raised there. Um, but my older sister lives in Boston. Um, and since the semester is remote anyway, um, and we can do work pretty much from anywhere, if you have a laptop and a Zoom account, mm -hmm. um, I figured why not spend a little bit of time with her since I don't get to see her that often. Um, and so I'm in Boston for a few weeks hanging out. Um, definitely very different weather than Miami. I went from 
100 degrees every day to like 60s which is really fun yeah yeah (laughs) but I love the cold weather which is awesome um and yeah so that's what I'm doing here hanging out for a little bit um trying to get to know the area and see maybe if I can meet up with some friends and people and people I know in the area and yeah yeah no that's awesome and do you have like a bucket list or kind of a to-do list of things you want to check off while you're here in Boston or is it kind of just open plan yeah that's a good question um I've been to Boston before more like touristy so I don't really think I'm doing a lot of the tourist stuff mm-hmm. um this is much more of like a casual visit like I feel much more like I live here like I'll just like go to Starbucks in the morning like a local like I won't really go um downtown or anything I've been a couple times I'll go on weekends and stuff I am looking forward to doing a bunch of fall things though so I'm going apple picking for the first time on Sunday um I know I've never done that before I'm very excited about that um and this weekend we're gonna like do the fireplace which is again very different from what I'm used to in Miami and so little things like that like little fall things are what I'm looking forward to and wearing sweaters and things like that Mm -hmm. um but other than that not really um trying to think I don't think so. Have you been to Boston? I have. Oh my God. (laughs) Funny story. I was literally there for like less than 24 hours. I flew in. I crashed with my friend who goes to MIT. I went to this like, okay, well, I was supposed to grab dinner with my friend who goes to Harvard, but then she was like, it was Halloween weekend. So then I went to this Halloween party. Really interesting. (laughs) I have some hot takes on Harvard parties. Not necessarily Mm -hmm. the best. Hopefully Princeton will be better. I also don't drink or anything, so I don't think it's as fun for me as it is for other people but um I was there and then I left so I have been there I tried to cram in as much as I could in the limited time I had but I also um remember you mentioned that you like loved the cold and I think that'll be really helpful when going to Princeton that's everyone's number one complaint almost like it's so cold when it's the winter time but if you like that you're gonna thrive so so what's funny is that I like the cold but the cold doesn't like me so the past week that I've been in Boston so far, I've had, like, not right now, obviously, but, it, like, in the mornings, I'll have really, really bad, like, sniffles or, like, allergies um, just because of, like, the temperature and how cold it is and, like, my body will react that way. But, like, I like the cold, so it's really hard because I don't acclimate well. Or maybe it's just the new environment in general. It might not just be the cold specifically, but it's it's definitely fun. But, yeah, I, I, I think it's just because I'm from a really hot place. Oh yeah, um, Miami doesn't get much, doesn't get much hotter than that. And speaking of Miami, tell me about your life like pre-Princeton. What was high school like academically, socially, anything you want to talk about? Just give me like a very brief rundown of your four years. Sure. Um, how do we run down my four years of high school? That was high a big school? Task. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, on you. I was like, tell me about your four years. No, it's fine. Um, it's something we've we've probably done a lot from college essays to like you know, meeting new people. It's definitely something we talk about a lot. Um, Let me think. So yeah, so like I said before, I was born and raised in Miami, a city with no seasons. It's hot all the time. Um, It's either hot or hot and humid is literally two seasons. Um, And I went to high school there. I was part of the International Baccalaureate program. I don't know if you've heard of the IB program. Oh, really? I did IB too. Oh, cool. What language did you take? Uh, I took French. Okay, cool. I did German. Um, so yeah, that's a whole other story. So I've been learning German since first grade, um, from like a magnet school. And so, uh, continued in high school. Um, so I was in the IP program at school. Um, my school is a magnet school. So I had a bunch of different, um, academies like visual arts, business, IB, 
Um, and so during my time in high school, let's see, I think high school for me was a really large like time of development in the sense of my identity. Mm -hmm. um, so I am half Cuban, um, half Tunisian, um, and a visibly Muslim woman. So I'm Hispanic, Arab American, Muslim woman. So I am many minorities, but <laughs> when I was growing up, I didn't really have uh, a really good sense of my identity and who I was, I think. Mm -hmm. um, especially because I didn't wear the hijab, which is like the scarf that a lot of Muslim women wear um, when I was younger. And so when I became more visibly Muslim, I think it like forced me to look a lot more into myself about my identity and things like that. Um, but I really came to sort of like like every aspect of my identity and all the different parts of me. And so that led me a lot to explore that identity and culture um, in different aspects. And so, yeah, a lot of my service was centered around that. And obviously I did a lot of uh, community building and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, I definitely think high school was, was rough, just like for a lot of people, but I think the end of my high school experience was like phenomenal. I, I, I was really involved in my high school. Um, so I was in student government in high school um, and I had a lot of school passion. I was that person at pep rallies like yelling. Um, so that part of high school was really, really fun. Um, what else? I started my own podcast uh, in high school and going back, yeah, going back to identity and stuff before. Um, my podcast is centered around identity and culture and, and how those things impact society. Um, and so it's called the hybrid because there, I feel like there's many parts of me that make me a whole and I feel like a hybrid in many ways. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I love that name. That name is so spot on. Thank um, you. And speaking like on the note of identity and diversity, was your school community pretty diverse, would you say? No, but probably okay. not in the traditional way. And so um, let's see, I think a lot of times when people think of like a non-diverse high school in America, they think of a predominantly like white high school. Mm. Um, but my high school is actually predominantly Hispanic. Um, so it was not diverse in the sense that it was majority Hispanic um, high school. Um, but I like that because I'm half Hispanic and so I was able to get a sense of that community more. Um, but at the same time, I did think there was a, a problem in like the, the lack of diversity that we had and, and representation that we had um, in different boards of our school and the, in the leadership roles that made, uh, made decisions and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, a lot of, we didn't have a lot of religious diversity either besides just not having ethnic diversity. Um, so I was part of, I co-founded an interfaith group in Miami um, as a whole to promote religious diversity. Oh, wow. um, and those types of conversations because, because I think a lot of high school was also met with different stereotypes about religions and and that's something that I faced personally and yeah. wanted to work on um, yeah. yeah so so yeah I think my high school is definitely interesting in a sense I think we had a lot of different types of people um, but I think when it came to who made decisions who spoke the loudest who raised their hand in the classroom I don't think there was a lot of diversity there um, and that's something also that I, I tried to work on in my time there uh, in terms of like service and things like that um but yeah yeah no that's awesome and i think i i definitely resonate with like this the difference between like having people of color in a school versus that school being diverse like my school was majority asian 
Um, but there was not a lot of diversity, especially in my like program. I was also in a magnet program. Everyone was Asian. I think we had like one white person and then one like half black person. Like it was just no Hispanics, like no Latinx representation. And definitely like, I think we grew up, I grew up in that ever since second grade. So I never questioned it until recently. I was like, wait, like there's definitely a lot of barriers to access. There's a lot of like conversations that aren't happening around like gifted programs or magnet programs where a lot of like people are getting excluded because like that accessibility is just not there or not equalized. But it's a great point. I think you, you bring up a really important issue that that I'm remembering more now that we talk about it. Um, so I mentioned before that my school had different academies. Um, mm -hmm. And I think as a whole, when you get to the IB Academy, which was considered, so IB was like the hardest academy uh, in yeah. a sense, in like terms of like academic standing, how rigorous it was, um, and also how selective it was in the terms of the kids who, who got accepted. Mm -hmm. um, but when you look at the actual IB program itself, the number of African-American students, the proportion of African-American students in my school as a whole was super disproportionate. Um, I think there were maybe a handful of African-American students in the IB program, um, but then in other academies that, that was very different. And so that access, again, that you're talking about um, and giving people those opportunities and, and fair access um, to those to those opportunities, to those programs, I think that's super important. Definitely, it's not something I directly address during my time in high school, but something I think definitely uh, super important when it comes to education. Yeah, like 100% agree. Like at least you have to put it on the table for people to talk about it. Like at least where I'm from, no one is talking about it. It's just kind of a given like, oh, there's a bunch of like Asians, Asians in this program, whatever. It's always been like that. Well, like why has it always been like that? I think that's a question we have to start asking. Um, but moving on from like high school into college, what made you choose Princeton? Like what was your number one sort of attractive feature of the school? Ooh, you sound like a tour guide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Mine, uh, let's see. Okay. So, so I applied to Princeton early. Um, mm -hmm. I originally was actually planning on applying to Brown early. Um, wow, but that would have been really different. <laughs> that outcome. <laughs> Really different. I agree. Um, so I'm honestly speaking, I would attribute a lot of what drew me to Princeton um, to my older sister. Um, so my sister was class of 2018 at Princeton. And so when I visited her when I was younger, um, I think I didn't, I got more of an authentic idea of what Princeton was and not the tour guide uh, polished version in a sense because I like lived with her in the dorms. I like saw people on an everyday basis. Um, and, and so that attracted me to Princeton a lot because I was able to see it firsthand and like more of the everyday. Um, but what, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, I think the undergrad focus really drew me, um, yeah. as someone interested in graduate school, I really wanted an undergrad that was really focused on, on me and my development. Um, and so that's something that, that drew me to Princeton for sure. Um, let's see, I don't know, the, the people I think was a really important part, like even not necessarily just our class, but also um, like the professors and, and people who are really invested in, in students as a whole. Um, that was really, that drew me a lot to Princeton, um, more so than to, to the other schools that I, um, that I visited or considered. But I will tell you that it, after I got in early, uh, I got in on my birthday actually, which is pretty oh my fun. God. Yeah, that's a really good birthday present. <laughs> yeah, people say that, but then 
forget the whole like anticipation to 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. Which was my entire birthday, which was nerve-wracking. Um, but you're right. It was like, the best birthday present. But at the same time, it was also the, the day leading up to it was definitely nerve-wracking. Um, but after that, I significantly reduced the number of schools on my list. And I think that oh, yeah. was a really telling sign for me because I was like, I wouldn't want to go to these schools over Princeton. And I think time and time again, I like drew myself to, to the decision, even though I waited very last minute to, con- uh, what is it called? Commit. Commit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I waited. I got in December 12th and I don't think I committed till maybe like a few hours before May 1st ended. Oh my God. Yeah, what was holding was you back? Was it just like. Oh my God. That, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I do know, but it's like, it was a combination of things, you know, I think, I mean, it was probably the biggest decision I ever had to make purely for myself. Yeah. Ever. You know, the next four years of my life, not yeah. just that, even after that, there are a lot of um repercussions and just I think a lot of self-doubt but I'm really glad that I'm here now um yeah Yeah. I think just a lot of self-doubt and not self like self-doubt but also maybe insecurity about like whether or not I belong there whether or not I could Mm -hmm. fit in which I think a lot of students face um I think at first before committing that like held me back a lot um but like after May 1st, I could not have been more happy with my decision, and I bleed orange and black now, and I am very ecstatic to be here, um, and that's actually, it's actually funny how much I've changed since earlier this year when I was debating my, how, like, my own, like, I don't know, not my own merit, or basically, like, when I was doubting whether or not I would be able to, to do it, I think between then and now, it's basically, like, day and night shift, so it's really interesting to see how that developed but <laughs> oh my God, for sure I think like when I was talking to Princeton alum while I was trying to decide too the number one thing that all of them said was that Princeton is really freaking hard and I was like yeah. I don't know if I'm smart enough to like take on this workload or to really belong in this court sense of like a very intense academic community so I think I don't know if that was like what you were thinking but for me personally I was already feeling imposter syndrome before like even committing or before even starting at Princeton which I thought was crazy to me I know this is gonna happen over and over again in life like this is just one taste of it but yeah okay and so what made you decide then sorry I don't oh, yeah to, then what made you decide um well basically the two schools that I was deciding between were both really hard so I was like you know I'm gonna take make that like a I'm gonna wash it out it's like not a really deciding factor for me and I think for me also it was really the undergraduate focus you know how we had that colloquium I think that's how you pronounce it (laughs) Um, on Thursday I think that professor I had actually met her like in 2017 we're facing her comment yeah, yeah, I'm literally Facebook friends with her. When I got into Princeton and I updated my profile, she liked that post and I was like, oh my God. And that just goes to show how interconnected those professors and the people who are like willingly at Princeton are with their students and with that ecosystem of like, you know, students within Princeton. And also like at that time, I hadn't even gone to Princeton. I hadn't even gotten in. Like who knows where I was going to go, but she still was so willing to be a part of my life in like some small way and hopefully a bigger way going forward. So I thought that was just amazing. I think that's like unparalleled. You, you'll find, you won't find that in a lot of other places. Um, I agree. That sounds cliche, but like, I generally stand by that. I'm like, Princeton has a really Uh, sort of thing. And I mean, for me, thinking about it, I mean, I did choose to apply early. I think Mm -hmm. I knew deep down that's really what I wanted um, and and where I belonged. But again, uh, 
doubt and stuff can be so clouding sometimes. And I think it's a, like you said, a lifelong journey to, to work through that. Um, and to remind yourself and reaffirm that you belong here. And I am so glad that we both chose Princeton. I know. You're now. So. <laughs> yeah, we're both here. We're both, I don't know if we're thriving. I mean, I'm okay like right now, but I'm sure that when I get to midterms or finals, thriving will not be the word to describe <laughs> those weeks. But I think, it, I think it's, it's, it all worked out. I was really happy. Um, and I think this community yeah. is like super strong, just like by the fact that you and other people are willing to talk to random people, well, not super random, but like you, you've never talked to us before. Um, that just goes to show how strong and tight knit people here really are. Um, okay, wow. So let's get to some rapid fire questions because we talked a lot more than I thought we would, which is a really good sign. But I do want to get to these questions. It's a great <laughs> sign. Yeah, it's a great sign. Just so people get to know you um, in like different kinds of ways, like really briefly. So these questions, just really short responses, really short questions, pretty easy. Um, but yeah, let's get started. Okay, so what is your perspective major? Oh, okay. I am a perspective anthropology major, but specifically medical anthropology. Um, so right now I'm pursuing anthropology on a pre-med track, um, but I'm really interested in, in medical anthropology and the intersection of those two fields. Very cool. Um, and what's one club that you're really looking forward to, if any? One, one club I'm really looking forward to? Well, I wouldn't call it well, I don't have a specific club in mind, but I am really interested in um, getting involved with dance groups on campus um, and also uh, activities in general for the class yeah. and event planning and things like that. I wish I could dance. I watch dance all the time, but like my body does not. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best compliment that you've ever received? <laughs> I said these questions are easy, but I take that back. Okay, two come to mind. One of them is like meaningful and powerful and the other one is just funny, but I remember it. Um, first compliment is that I inspired somebody to be the most authentic version of themselves. Um, yeah, through my story, which I, that that means a lot to me. Yeah. Number two, is a, I know these are rapid fire, but very quickly. Um, <laughs> even if it's not on the podcast, just to tell you. So I was uh, involved in student government in high school, like I said, and so I was president of my senior year, and we had open house where we, like, direct parents to, like, different classrooms to get to know teachers and stuff, and I was talking to parents, and this one mom comes up to me and goes, you have the hands of someone who works at Disney, and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're directing people. You're like telling them where to go. You're doing it very orderly and fashioned. And like, everyone knows where they have to be. And you like run the ship. And I was like, that is an oddly specific compliment, but thank you very much. And I remember writing it down in my notes that day because I thought it was very funny. So oh my God, that's hilarious. I don't think anyone in this world has received a compliment like that. <laughs> I doubt like anyone has received something like that. Hands, like, what did she say? You have the hands of someone. I'm going to see if I can find it in my notes, actually. That's really uh, funny. Um, okay. Funny. What is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh. Oh, that's hard, actually. What's yours? Um, <laughs> wow, you really turned the tables on me. Let's I feel bad, but I'm thinking. No, no, so. no. I asked you this question, so I deserve to be asked this question, too. I think for me, like, on the note of authenticity, like, just inauthentic people, like, I think I really like people who are honest and are like who they are is like who they are not like some obscure version of themselves but yeah I'd say that's my pet peeve I don't know if that's like a peeve but yeah I'll agree with that I'll take that one um 
I'll, I'll take that piece. I think people, it's, it's, you're right, people who aren't the most authentic version of themselves. Because I was thinking a couple different things about like people who, yeah, no, we're going to stick yeah, with that. Yeah. People who are not the most authentic version of themselves. Yeah. Okay. And I know this has been hard, so I'm just going to give you one more. No, keep going. Go. I got you. I'll wait five seconds. I promise. What do you Go. usually eat for dinner? What do I usually do for dinner? Yeah. Ooh, okay. I cook my own dinner, ethnic food. Uh, any, anything Arab or Hispanic. Go. Oh, wow. Or Indian or Italian or any, like anything cultural for dinner I like. When you get on Princeton, do you think you're going to cook? Probably not. Probably I mean, not. I'll yeah, probably I like, Yeah. <laughs> That would be that would be hard to carve out the time for that. And then, what is a relationship deal breaker? This is the last one. Um, communication, like a lack of mm. communication. Uh, I whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, we don't necessarily have to talk every day, but just like keeping open communication in general is yeah, important. definitely agree. All right, so those are all the rapid fire questions, and that's basically. No, don't worry. I'm sorry. Dude, when you asked me my own question, I was like, if I can't answer this rapid fire, like, why would I expect anyone else to? But um, do you want to plug maybe your Instagram so people can follow you or yes. get you up? Absolutely. Um, I am, my Instagram handle is at Aisha Sheb. So it's like half, almost my whole last name, but not really. So uh, Aisha, A-I-S-H-A, and then my last name, C-H-E-B-B. Uh, and that's my Instagram. And if you want to listen to the hybrid podcast also, that's on Spotify um, and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But if you're from Princeton or you just want to connect in general, would love if you message me on Instagram or otherwise. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so, so much again for hopping on. This is so much fun.